You're listening to the All In Podcast with your hosts, Shane and Blake, giving you a new perspective on the dental industry. Are you ready to go all in? Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. Welcome to the All In Podcast, the podcast that brings you a new perspective on the dental industry. I am Shane McElroy, and I am joined by my partner in crime and in life. Blake McClellan. My life partner. What's happening? <laughs> my Don't wife, tell my, my wife. wife actually thinks that, you know, between you and my business partner, Zach, Zach and, and my business partner, Rod. Yeah, I she, prefer your wife to everybody else. She's like the nicest I know, I woman know. in the world. And I'm the asshole that barely spends any time with her. What do you think is uh, going on with me too? <laughs> I'm the asshole of our relationship <laughs> too, man. The uh, struggles of being a road warrior and traveling and stuff, it's it's tough. You know, it, it, it you miss home a lot. I know I, the past few years, I've definitely changed my perspective uh, exit is a very favorite word of mine right now. <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah, but it's it's tough when you're on the road 100,000 miles a year. You, and it really is hard to come back home and change the mindset and all that stuff. Man, it sucks, but uh, it's part of the game, right? Yeah, she's got to deal with it more than you do. So, Yes, and speaking of road warriors, we have one with us today. Yeah, we one have, of my favorite people in the industry. One yeah. of the best teachers I've ever seen, Dr. Robert Stanley. One of the hands down, one of the best channels we got on Implant Compare, um, undoubtedly. I mean, it's killer. You guys are like the Today Show of uh, of dentistry right now with with what you're doing with us and the education spot side. I mean, you were just on the cover of Dentistry Today with Bobby. That's right. right. Yep. Uh, so, I mean, you guys really are literally on fire right now and I think it's awesome. So we are here at your yeah. course that you're teaching that's sold out. And thank you uh, for taking the time, by the way, in the middle of your course to record with us. Yeah, that, it's, it's lunchtime. This guy's yeah. supposed to be eating lunch right now. But this works out real nice. My voice is nice and warmed up from the nice. morning lecture. <laughs> so we're in good shape. <laughs> Which is awesome. We were just talking about this, Blake. Dr. Stanley, when you talk and you teach, you take very complex things and make them sound very easy to understand, you know, very palatable. And I've been in a number of courses. The first one I ever saw you do was a photography course, and I know nothing about photography. And I came out of there, I'm like, oh, I understand what aperture is now, and I understand this. That's a good word for me, by the way. I'm really impressed. But no, uh, it, where do you get that from, that ability to teach like that? You know, I think where it comes from is it's actually how I see the world. So I take these complex things, and in order for me to comprehend them, I create a way in my, in my own mind to understand them in a, in a very basic manner. And then I can then explain those in the same manner that I actually keep it in my head. And what that does is it, it allows us not to have to talk about complex math. We don't have to talk about, you know, uh, Thank God. You know yeah. physics and, <laughs> and calculus and things like that that you learn in college. We can just break it down into some, some more basic kind of conversations like let's talk about a cantilever, but let's use a diving board as an example of a cantilever yeah. so that it really resonates with people. That is, I think, genius in that aspect because I'll be honest, even for me coming into dentistry and not knowing the verbiage at times, I just kind of was like, I'm not going to ask, but I don't know what the hell they just said there, right? Yeah. And, and so it took me time myself to understand dentistry that way. And so I imagine anybody coming in that didn't learn that in school or whatever, didn't comprehend it. You've got to see it in that way. A lot of people learn better in that form and it's very understandable. The we way know this things. too. There's a lot of doctors who have been practicing dentistry for years and years and years and probably should understand some of these concepts, but don't fully until I see them learn from you. And then they're like, I got it now. Yeah. I, I mean, look, it. I can't tell you, you know? how many times I've been in a course and when the word Schneiderian membrane is dropped, Jaws drop too, and they're What's like, that? "Oh, that sounds What's really that? complicated." Let me write that down. Try to spell that. And by the time you're already talking about person, and everything else, they are still hung up on what that actually is, and the anatomy and the verbiage. 
And you pretty much put it in lamest terms, like don't get caught up on that. This is what we need to execute. And here's yeah. the physics behind it, what we need to do. And this is how to handle the situation. Yeah. Can we talk a little bit about your background? Because on Instagram, you're the smile engineer, which you truly are. Can you take talk about, you know, what you were, your first career was, how you got there, and then how the hell you became a dentist? Okay, I'd be happy. It's a and great why. story. So, and why? <laughs> why? Why would you do that? You no, know, it's it's a rather uh, kind of a cool conversation because um, when I was young, I was really good at solving problems. And so most of my educators, my teachers, would tell me, hey, you should be an engineer. You're good at solving problems. And in engineering, one, one of the definitions of the word engineer is problem solver. And so over the time, uh, I kind of went down that path. I went to college for mechanical and aerospace engineering, and then I got into what's called controls, which in my master's, which is how things bend, how things vibrate, and then how we can control the bending and vibration. Now you're starting to think, hmm, a dental-supported you know, full-arch solution bends and, and vibrates. This kind of plays well nicely, you know? And then my, my doctorate was on controls, but it took it to another level where it was predominantly electronics. So I have mechanical, aerospace, and electrical engineering background. And then I took all that and I left... Uh, Small school. flex right there, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Humble, humble brag. Yeah. Humble brag. So, <laughs> so, yeah. So I left school with all this knowledge, and, and I actually uh, worked for a telecom communications corporation, Ericsson. It's a Swedish mm-hmm. corporation, and, and I designed- huge, huge uh, company. Yeah, huge. Um, I designed the world's smallest satellite phone. That's awesome. uh, I worked on the antenna and got a couple patents for that, and, and I really enjoyed my time there, and it was great. But the Wait, whole so you time, invented the cell phone? Small cell phone. <laughs> so your name's yeah. on a few patents for a satellite phone. Yes, correct. That's yeah. awesome. That, yeah. Again, small no. flex, no big deal. But the whole time, I, you know, I fell in love when I was in college with my wife, Dr. Bobby, and uh, she's a dentist. And the whole time, I, I mean, the minute I met her, she said she was in dental school. I said to her, oh, I always wanted to be a dentist. And she said, why is that? And the background story is my grandfather was a dentist. And, uh, and he died when I was very young. And after he died... And I think in the family, because it was painful, he died young. He died in his in his late fifties, which is very young. I think it was really hard for the family to talk about dentistry. So where whereas he was very passionate about the career of dentistry, and he talked about it all the time, and I think I must have picked up on that as a child. And I was like, I want to be like my grandfather. I want to be a dentist. Well, he died. We stopped talking about it, and that, that dream kind of went away. And I I went down the problem solving solution towards engineering. But the minute I met my wife and she started talking about dentistry and things, I, w- I immediately said, I, I always wanted to be a dentist. And the more I was around her as we built the practice in our hometown, the more I was involved in the practice from the engineering perspective. And the only thing I couldn't do is drive. And I wanted to drive. Sure. I, I, you know, if some people are drivers, they want to, when I mean drive, I want, I want to step on the rheostat. I want to step on the accelerator and I want to do the case. And so I wanted to drive. And so one day she said, well, if you're going to do it, you need to do it now while the kids are young. And so I said, okay, let's do it. And so I went back to dental school, took a couple years of prerequisites. Yeah, like 87 degrees and then decided, yeah. yeah, what's a couple more? Right. Yeah, it could start yeah. over, right? Well, you got kids, yeah. you got a family, yeah. you just built a practice for your wife. But like, you have a, a lot very of, supportive wife. That's very, what allowed that to happen. There's a lot of risk yeah. there, though. Yeah, I mean, from po- personal time, and I mean, that's a big jump to yeah. just say, I'm going to go to dental school now. Like, yeah. you're taking a step back, right? Like, holy So shit. true, yeah. 
Probably the hardest thing, people will ask me, hey, what was the hardest thing about dental school? And I'll tell you, the hardest thing about dental school is uh, the people that were uh, the educators in the dental school treating me like I was 23. Because <laughs> <laughs> how old were you when you went to dental I, school? I started at 38. So I, he was, uh, you were in Dima, Michael Dima's class, weren't you, yeah. in dental school? Yeah. Oh, you really? know Michael Dima? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oral surgeon in Atlanta. Yeah, he's a really good friend of yeah. ours too, yeah. But that's, how was that? I mean, was that humbling in a way, being like, well, you know, being 38 in dental school yeah, with some well, guys who were, you know, clearly younger? Yeah, well, I hung out with the other two guys in the class that were old. So we're, <laughs> we, 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 we were great. We, you know, we got along just fine. And I think while I was there, Carolina won two national championships nice. in basketball. Humble Bragnos, Paul Flex. But, you know, the funny thing is, you know, I was at home. I was home at 530 with the kids and the family. And, you know, all, the, all my you know classmates were out on Franklin Street having well, a good time true, and yeah. having parties. So there was a different, I mean, it's a different experience going to dental school when you're, when you're further on sure. in life like that. Overall, it was a great experience. I got a great education and I loved it, but it, it was a lot of fun uh, going through the, the like, Honestly, the, the funniest thing was just the instructors literally saying things to me that they're so used to saying, Sure, but they were only specific to somebody who was like 23. Did you get to place any implants in, in school? No, we didn't place any implants in, in, no. in our, so we, you we learned that about you them. you wanted to do a bunch of implants while you were in dental no, school? No, actually, I have a very keen aesthetic eye. And when I went to dental school, I thought for certain I would get out and be more in the uh, in the cosmetic dentistry like, like Dr. Bobby. What ended up happening is when I got into dental school, I fell in love with surgery. So we had a requirement that if you didn't have a patient, if a patient didn't show up, you were required to go somewhere and shadow, spend some time. And you have a couple different options. And one of the options was the oral surgery department. And I, it didn't take long at all before I just fell in love with oral surgery. Now, here's the problem. Here's the rub. My wife said, hell no, you're not, you're not going to any more school. Yeah, you're done. done. So, and then she said, honestly, if you went to, if you went to OMFS school, she said, you do the six year route, you wouldn't do the four year route. Yeah, and I said, would. well, yeah, you're right. And so that would put me at like ancient getting out. Of, out. <laughs> and so it didn't make, it didn't make any sense. So, so we didn't. So I just took as many uh, opportunities to get in the hospital and work with the OMFS department as much as possible as I was there. And I, and I can't think of probably a, a more fond time than I had than, than hanging out with those guys and getting an opportunity to see those procedures in the hospital. Do you believe that being an engineer first makes you a better dentist and does it help you understand how to utilize the technology better yeah. than the average guy? I, I would, uh, I would say that I wouldn't say the word better. I would say different and in, in what it allows me to do is it allows me to bring when we, we're in, we're dentists and we build a bridge in the mouth and and we and we're an engineer we build a bridge over a, over a, a river they're both bridges right the difference is is that in engineering we learn how to build a bridge and in dental school we learn it we learn not so much about the math behind the bridge but about the techniques and so what i can bring to the market as an educator now is i can take some of that fundamental engineering about how to build a bridge and bring it into, say, for instance, the implant world that makes a lot of sense. so that you have a final prosthesis that is more durable and lasts longer and has lower risk. And this, I think, is a huge advantage for people in the market because they say, you know, I'm doing all on X kind of solutions, but every once in a while I have some failures and everybody, everybody has sure. failures. But we can drive those failure rates, a lot of times we can drive those failure rates down substantially with a few changes from an engineering's perspective that we just don't get unequivocally across the nation. I'm 
unaware of any courses where they spend any significant time on the engineering side of things. We have a materials course that we have like in the first year. You're absolutely right. His, his first course, either, man, like you got to, you got to go up there sometime for the intro course on oh, yeah. it's implant design. One. I mean, the first course I ever went to, I was like, I, I looked at Eddie, who was the rep at the time. And I said, what are we paying this guy? I mean, he's talking about our implant. I'm like, man. And he's like, nothing. I was like, what? He goes, he he talks believes, better about it than the engineer, but he believes, it, you know, <laughs> and it's true because he yeah. believes the math, the science behind it. And it was incredible. I mean, it's, uh, it's really cool to hear you break it down. You're like, damn, I, I'm going to, I'm going to try to use like 1% of that. So I don't sound like a complete idiot when I try to quote all of it, but God, we'll talk about passion, right? Like you wanted this, you went and hunted this out and this pathway and you oh, got yeah. it. You yeah. said, you know what? I have no experience in this side of things. I'm going to do it. And he did it. Not only did you do it, you did it well. Now you're teaching on it. It's it's an awesome story. What I want to know though is how you went from that cosmetic side. What, when did you place your first implant? What gave you the 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 move to say, "All right, I'm ready. I'm going to place my first implant." Yeah. When I uh, got out of school, what I did was I started taking the the best courses in the country, uh, the after education courses. So I I did the the Mission Institute twice. So I went through that that twice, mm-hmm. uh, one time as an engineer. So that was with my wife when before I went to dental school. Ah. And the thing about Carl and his course is that if you've if you've done his course or read his books, you understand that a significant amount of his content was engineering based. Hundred percent. Yeah. And so uh, I was able to follow along just fine yeah. because it was more engineer based. Speaking the same language. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Really speaking my language. Book, yeah. really and so way. the second time I took it, then it brought in the the fact that I understood more of the of the biologics and the dental side of things. So I kind of I kind of brought that together, and then I took Pat Allen's course down in Texas, both of his courses down in Texas Great, for soft tissue. soft tissue. Course. Right, the, I mean, he's the man. Yeah, and so that was huge in terms of my uh, my skill set and being able to manage soft tissue and, and handle all of that. And then we took some of Mike Picos's courses, and we take some of Coyce's uh, courses over the years. And so both were you, just in that DIA yeah. Uh, yeah. Weeks ago. They were awesome. Yeah, they're great guys, huh? Yes, Coyce yeah. crushed his lecture <laughs> yeah. like nobody else. Man, he walked up and knew his audience and just. Yeah, I mean, I was blown jobs. away really? as a non-dentist. That I'm guy, like, is, I really want to go to this. <laughs> he's a chameleon, man. I, I really applaud him to be adaptable at his age, still and still so relevant to such a young audience now. Yeah. Like, it's, it's awesome. Do you yeah, like him good. because he's so up on technology too and what's next and what's coming? I mean, I, think I feel we, like you guys would, would hit it yeah, off. Yeah, so I, when I follow him on Instagram and I see some of his posts and I'm like, man, that, that's literally verbatim the same content that we're working with. Yeah. yeah. And so it's, it's really refreshing to see somebody with that kind of uh, experience having the same kind of mindset that we have here and more of, a, more of an evidence-based kind of approach to it. And especially in the implant world because there's a lot of, there's a lot of marketing in implants. And, no. Yeah. So having more of an ev- evidence-based kind of approach to it, like you, you, say, you, you alluded to earlier, one of my favorite conversations to have is to talk about implant design because there's kind of this general feeling and you'll hear a lot of, a lot of dentists say, all implants work. And I, bone and all implants right, work. Right, all implants The definition work. of work. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, and the other thing is that, yes, I agree, but some implants work better than others. Yeah. A 1986 so, truck will get you to the dump, exactly. but a Ferrari drives pretty nice, right? right. <laughs> right. And there's a reason why we don't be, do press fit implants anymore or blade implants anymore right. because they're, they're, they're new. And then BioRizon just came out with their new pro. Yeah. So what's, what, what, how did they come out with a, a product that was better than the product that was last year where they made some very small tweaks that were rather significant in their implant design? It, it, subtly, when you look at it, you might not even at first glance notice it. 
But then when you use it and you get the different results, especially Wait, with you its primary stability. So I can actually, uh, oh, you get this. You know, we get paid for this episode if he does that. <laughs> we, we better. No, not you. I need to get paid. I know no, you're getting I'm not salary. Paid anything. I'm not, not here, man. If anybody's getting paid. <laughs> actually, I want to hear from you. Compared to the Tapered Plus, it's sorry if you're not using Bio. Just, I'm interested to hear you explain it. Well, the subtle differences. So the first thing is it, it they they changed the thread design slightly, made it a little bit deeper. And by changing the, the thread and making it a little bit deeper, and I mean the the wings in in your mind, what you would see is you would see the wings are a little bit longer. It gives you better bite, and it gives you better grip. And I can clinically, I can tell you that my experience is because I was placing the the plus for years, and then I went to the pro, and the pro is the new one, and I have a Bien Air motor. And it ha- it uh, it tracks insertion torque in real time. Oh yeah, you guys put it on your live feed. I love right. that. Yeah. They, they so, were showing on their live feed the motor yeah. torque yeah. values as it's placed as you're going in. So I can see I'm getting in cases where where I'm drilling. I get the tactile feel from the drill. I do 100% guided. I go through the dr- through the guide and I feel the bone. I say this bone is kind of soft. I'm kind of expecting maybe 25 newton centimeters of primary stability, something in that range. And I go and I place the implant and I'm getting like 20, 30% more than that routinely with this new implant. I'm like, wow, that's great. In fact, this morning I just told uh, the students a case where I actually was placing an implant and had zero bone engaged on the drill. In other words, the last drill I used, I didn't spin it. It went to length without spinning it. Now it was friction, but it was just laterally on the walls. And I said, open the package, we're gonna take a chance, let's try this. And I got 27 Newton centimeters of primary stability on the implant. Now, that's just amazing. You wouldn't necessarily take that, take on that risk of opening that package prior to that with 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 the plus, but with the pro, I feel more calm. I said, we got the pro, let's try it. And that's what I'm getting, and and I'm loving it. Absolutely loving it. I, I think what's unique in your differentiator, and we were just talking about this on the podcast last night, you guys have an institute that will be around for a long time. Like Kois, like Malo, you're going to have a clinic and a program that's around for the long haul because of the way that you do things. And you're solving a problem that right now, I'll tell you, I've met with a lot of CEOs from the different implant companies. There's one problem that they have right now. They can take you from 10 to 100 implants. They cannot take you from zero to 10. And your program, a lot of the students that come out of your program go right into doing this and implementing it in their practice. And there's so many courses because it's been commoditized really let's be honest anybody can have an implant course nowadays right. and everybody does but everybody leaves like okay maybe i'll do implants i'll do another course i'll do another course but you actually with your program i've seen a lot of people actually start implanting surgery not just doing the surgery but doing it right because well. there's other programs sure. where they'll come out and do them because they learn how to talk about it a little bit and then they hit implant dentistry because they have them. a bunch of failures <laughs> later and right. then have to learn how to do it right after right. the fact right no, I think that is the key component here. It's not about making rock stars that can do all in X 20 cases and, you know, shitty all in X cases. I mean, that might sound good on paper, but realistically, the need is to take a general dentist who's just doing cosmetic dentistry and restorative dentistry right now into that surgical realm and feeling confident enough that it's beyond the blood and suture. It's this, the, the mechanics of it all that you're not going to screw this thing up. And, yeah. and you're not going to, you know, pay, take this huge risk doing it. So I think it's 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 awesome the way y'all have been able to create that curriculum. Right. Thank well, you. And then let's talk about IC just for implant compare just for a minute because Andrew Curry oh, yeah, is extremely good. Yeah, I bet right. Andrew Curry is extremely good at, at talking to patients. You're the only one that I've seen that might be better than Curry. Um, explaining what you're doing, why you're doing it, and doing it. But you're you're efficient. Like you are fast, but efficient. Poised. There's a difference. Poised the difference between going fast. Because you can go fast, 
but doing it the right way quickly. What's yeah. that video you have? What's the time on the video you have? For well, for the plan? single, we, we, five minutes. It's no, it's under four minutes. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. So I can break that record every time. But, yeah. Oh wait, what are we talking about? <laughs> 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 sorry, sorry, sorry. So yeah, we're actually we're actually uh, going to release that to YouTube. Uh, we're going to say uh, breaking the sub four minute smile, and then emphasize you know. I love that smile part of smile so kind of a, a, yeah, a yeah, yeah. kind of a play on the four minute mile no, I love back it. in the day but yeah we, we've got a, a number of cases that I'm doing in the office where I place an implant guided a, after I get them numb I get them takes me longer to get them numb than to do the case but from the minute I actually say okay let's get started to the minute I'm done with the implant placed it's under four minutes and the particular one that, that you're referring to we actually extracted the tooth placed the implant grafted the gap mm-hmm. and then closed it up and we did it under four minutes and it's not rushed it's just efficient yep so, you do it like a surgeon and that's the key surgeon. component yeah, that's you, a good point if you the difference between oral surgery or and a dental practice clinic just doing restorative dentistry where it may be a surgeon will not have a be missing a tool they go into that OR, they've got more than they need, sterilized, ready, and they're on the tray because they're prepared for any scenario, every situation, right? I've, I started out working with OMFS, so I learned how neurotic they were and like OCD on everything. And that's exactly how you work because it makes it predictable. The way that you set things up for your cases, I've never worried about a live surgery because I know even if, it, as all surgery, nothing goes ideal, right? You still prevail and you're so poised through it all. And that's where I think the hardest part of going from general dentistry to surgical is what happens in that moment, that oops moment, that uh-oh moment where I didn't expect that. And how do you prepare for that? And so many people don't do that. They go in there with a couple tools and like, oh shit, I can't dig my way out of this. Yeah. And they're scared and they never want to encounter that again. Put it all away. I don't want to do it again. I've seen the same thing with anesthesia, right? And you get a little adverse reaction to the profile or whatever or said you're using. And you see a little bit of that reaction like, oh man, I don't want to sedate another patient. No way, no way, no way, no way. But a surgeon does it 10 times a day, right? Uh, constantly and sees every kind of situation. So it is experience, but preparation is key. And that's that engineering background that you've got. You see it every time in the way yeah. you work, hands down. Yeah, I, I, I take my engineering background and I do one thing with it. I drive risk to zero. And that's what we teach. We, we, we really emphasize when you're doing implantology, drive your risk to zero. You never get there. You do know that, you know, you yeah, never get there. But the, po- the point is, is that you want to take every opportunity to drive your risk to zero so that you avoid those uh-oh moments and you just have these cases that go really well. And everybody has those moments, but if you're working really hard to drive those uh, risk factors to zero, and when I say risk factors, uh, you can call them performance criteria. And, and so what criteria goes into implant success? And this is a philosophical question that we can sit around and drink coffee or beer or wine, whatever your whatever your poison <laughs> Let's is. Try January. Don't talk about it <laughs> right now. Okay, I'm too sober right, right? now. Right. <laughs> uh, and, and we can talk about it. We say what 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 are the key parameters that that are required for implant success? And people, I don't think people have spent a lot of time thinking about that. But we just presented this morning over 68 different criteria that I've identified that are important for for success. And I'll give you an example: where you place the implant would be a good one, right? Shocker. Like, what kind of implant you place, Ooh. how you place the implant. Uh, first you know, one, number nine, yeah. out of the gates. I'm going to do my first yeah. implant number like nine. High <laughs> smile on young female, very particular. Yeah. Let's just jump I'll nail it. into the fire. Yeah, <laughs> You know, it, it, I think it was Mike Pruitt said it, because I used to do his uh, sedation courses, maxi courses and stuff. And, and um, you know, I think it was him that saying, like, if you can't fix the mistake that you could cause by doing this case, yeah. don't touch the patient. Okay. You need to know how what that worst case scenario looks like. Be comfortable with digging yourself out of that hole if you get there. 
and then plan to evade that as much as you possibly can. But you better be prepared to dig yourself out of that. Yeah. Mike has a lot of good words of wisdom like that. Oh, yeah. If I was any better, I'd be you, right? That's his favorite. (laughs) (laughs) Prue, it's hilarious. I want to ask you something a little different here, too. Uh, We asked your wife, Bobby, this, too. How do you guys, I'm going to see if their answers are different here. How do you guys work together? So you teach together, you live together, you work together. And, and, and we were taught, we were joking like, hell, we don't do that with our wives. It's, it's still difficult communicating. How do you guys do it? Who's in charge? Okay. Too? I have no, just for clarification, I have no idea what she said, but I'm going to start off with, with my answer and then see if it's the exact same thing. It's really, really simple. She's in charge. Oh, well, that is a good match. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> she said the exact opposite. I don't know. <laughs> no, you can listen. You can listen when we release the episode. That's what she said. I don't said. believe it. <laughs> well, she did. She first I said that, that I, he would I, say that. And then she said that. Yeah. Oh, I, that she, I would say I, that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And by the way, I didn't believe her either. <laughs> I, knew well, she, I knew she was in charge. I, I brought up the point that, look, on, if someone were to see a photo of you guys on Instagram, they're going to look at you and go, these guys are freaking perfect. And yeah. if you're like me, pretty people are usually assholes. GQ. I'm like, no way, nothing. Nah, they're up their ass. You meet, you guys are by far one of the most humble, kindest, genuine people I've ever met in this industry. And, and, and I love that about you because not only are you to the eye, the aesthetic eye, you're perfect. You guys are beautiful. You, you educate well. You're nice. You're always smiling. You're crushing it in dentistry right now. You really are. And, and you guys should applaud yourself because you're doing a great job while still keeping your head down. But the way that you guys are so kind and relatable and always happy to be doing this, and she's going to run a half marathon tomorrow in Orlando. Yeah, that? and That's crazy. You're talking through your lunch break. It's, it's nice to see that. And it's also keeping me focus as well you guys honestly motivate me because of the way that you are about things i I describe dr rob as like a cool nerd he's like the coolest nerd you'll ever meet because he's so smart and he looks like james bond yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) seriously Seriously. it's not bad it's not bad (laughs) it's uh you know it infuriates me sometimes like god dang man i can't get my hair right today these guys just look like they just out and then just super passionate when you teach which i think anytime you see somebody like coist was that way he didn't have to be that way you know like the best of the best like you just care so much too. You see a lot of ego on the stage too. Let's be honest. A lot of them. Whenever they, they Blake walks on stage, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's that rap song I was listening to before I got on. But you know, it. You see that some of them they thought that that's what they had to be. You mm-hmm. had to be come off this airy ego. You, I'm untouchable. I'm the best. And some of them that's just their own ego. But for what you guys are doing and to be so humble and just like roll your sleeves up, get in there with them and, and, and all your attendees and, and from the live surgeries to the social media, every aspect, you guys grind 100% to deliver value to your following and audience. And that's not easy. It's, yeah. it's not easy because it's just work all the time. Talk about not easy. How do you have any difficulty? It doesn't look like you do speaking to an audience that you can't necessarily see like when you're doing live streams uh, surgery. So yeah, sometimes the lights are really bright. Like when we did Chicago Midwinter live surgery yeah, last year, that was crazy. I could only I could only barely make out the front one or two rows. Mm-hmm. I couldn't see anything past that. And what I usually do is I actually feed off the energy of the of the audience. Sure. If I can see their reaction, if I feel like I need to get a little bit more into the microphone, yeah. I do because I can see their heads nodding or something, and I got to step it up. Or if I'm losing them or something, I can. I, if I see some lost eyes or something, I can reiterate. And if I don't have that feedback, and engineering is all about control algorithms are all about feedback. If I don't have that feedback, it does make it a little bit more challenging, especially open loop. And and I've uh, really struggled with that with some of my video content because uh, my team members are like, okay, we want you to do what you do in the course. We want you to do that. We're going to film it so we can present it to people on the internet. And my problem is, is there's no feedback. 
So I'm like, well, give me somebody sit across the chair for me so I can talk <laughs> to them. And, and like, I'm whatever. really telling them what I'm doing because if I don't have that feedback, I don't have a, a real good, I'm, I guess I, what I'm saying is I'm not a good actor. Sure. I, I, I can perform and, de- and deliver the message, but I don't, I, I can't do it if I don't have that feedback. So it is challenging. Oh, but like you're you really, said, you, you really would, damn good at it though. Like, honestly, like you sent me a text after the full arch case you did in IC and you're like, oh, I can't believe I had so many issues. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, I didn't pick up any. Yeah, of that that case had more uh, glitches for you though. Yeah, you noticed like him. Six years of work, but that's for well, you, not that, the average person. Yeah. I think that's that surgery though too. Is like you you got to understand Murphy's law is in full effect when it comes to surgery, and and especially so, when there's hundreds and thousands and of you're eyes doing, on you. And, and not to mention live stream. You're, I mean, look, this is pioneering stuff to be broadcasting a surgery live and teaching that remotely. Ballsy too. Full arch. There's not a lot of people. We've got what thirty channels or so on the on implant compare, and about four of them would do that, right? So, and one to two would do it really, really well and perfect. Like the way you guys do it from the quality control, the video quality, the audio, the every aspect yeah, that I know runs that. through your head because yeah. you're not just thinking about the surgery; you're thinking about the overall experience of the audience, yeah. and still to be able to implement that and execute it well and, and doing it, boys. It's it takes it's an art and it and it's not acting but it's performing in, in an aspect and that's what I mean you've been doing live surgery on stage at these conferences that is not an ideal that's atmosphere. Crazy. How did yeah. that by the way? How did that come about? How did you like tell everybody what you did at the Chicago Midwinter meeting and so, how that came about? Yeah, so I got a I got a call in the, um, from the Chicago I, I forget the gentleman's name it was one of the Chicago guys in charge of the uh, the the content. He said. We were wondering if you would be interested in doing a live surgery at Chicago Midwinter, and I, I said, "Okay, what what does it entail?" And they and they said that Henry Shine puts together an entire surgical suite on stage, and you get to come and do a case. And I said, "Okay, well, I can come and do some implants." And they said, "Okay, great." And so we procured a patient that was willing to travel to Chicago in midwinter, <laughs> which yeah, is kidding, right? from the South is, you know, is not necessarily easy. And uh, we planned the case digitally. We put together all the PowerPoints and everything ahead of time. And then it just turned out the case went off spectacular. And so, yeah. you know, it I was, saw the video. I was watching yeah, live. <laughs> first, we did awesome. a little lecture to the audience. We had a little over 600 people in the audience. And we did a lecture on what we were getting ready to do and some of the rationale behind it. And then we said, well, let's see if it really, if guided surgery kind of does what we said it's going to do. Any nervousness where you're up on um, stage right before the surgery? Just, in, you know, because you know anything could happen, Murphy's Law. Just that mean, normal tingleness. Bit, right? Like, it, just the normal. It's not just, it's not just speaking, it's doing Every surgery. time I go yeah. on stage, I feel the buzz. Yeah. I got to play a little music, I got to yeah. calm the buzz, right? You get that a little bit like, well, my slides go. I mean, there's a little bit of it always, I think, yeah, always. Yeah, you wrong. Stage. But to but do no that more, and do surgery, yeah. Like, but 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 you honestly, it was it's no more than stepping up to the plate, playing baseball, or getting up to the free throw line. Than and you or I ever would. This that. is a good time to endorse some CBD or something. You got any products you can plug and make a side hustle? Because I'm serious. <laughs> like the way you're poised, it's awesome. I, it, there's not a lot of people who can keep their composure in those situations. You know, yeah. especially we've worked in oral surgery. How many times have you seen an elevator <laughs> thrown across a room? Like, <laughs> you know? like true. You know, maybe part of it comes from my father. My father was a was a army ranger in Vietnam, and and I think my dad said three words between like my childhood and college. <laughs> he just wasn't a man of words and he yep. was very, very, yeah. uh, you know, he just looked at him. Somehow he communicated to me by through just like his eyes and his eyebrows. He just kind of looked at me and I'd, I'd know what like he meant. Like a rock. Yeah. And he, but he was as calm. And there's a term that I use, I, I teach and I tell my team members, I tell my children the same thing. And it came from a Navy SEAL that I heard speaking in Atlanta. And he said, calm is contagious. 
calm is contagious. And That's so awesome. it's just always been if if the doctor loses their yeah, what, crap, oh, you know, I've right. seen it happen. Then yes. you know what, what do you expect like the team met. members to do? One so of those are your customers that I've seen yeah. go pretty gnarly. Well, you know. <laughs> So calm is contagious and, and it doesn't matter, you yeah. know, you, that's just, that's just a life, that's just a life idea that I keep, you know? So what's the goals for 2020? Uh, I have something really, really spectacular. I can't wait to come back on the show. To oh, me the, the sidestep here. And give you um, what I think is the, um, there's something in physics called the grand unification theory. And, and what it was. Yeah, Blake knows all about it. Go ahead, Blake. It was a, a continuation <laughs> of Einstein's theory. First, he had his uh, special relativity, and then general relativity, and then and then they said, "Can we can we bring all of the all of the concepts together into one equation? What if there's one equation that defines everything?" And so that's the grand unification theory, or the theory of everything, is what they call it. And I've been thinking a lot about implants for the long for a long time, and I kept thinking could we come up with something like the grand unification theory for dental implants? And, and I did. What? I did. And so this year I, I'm going to publish it first, uh, so that I can get a little Wait, bit you of, can't do it on the podcast. We can't really, wait, release. We, can do, we can do a, we can do a joint. <laughs> we'll make, we'll make the announcement, right? We'll make, we'll do a but I believe I have a, I believe I have the, the, we the call key. first dibs so we'll on interviewing ready by you DIA? first. Yeah, for sure. Then it, we'll record yeah. a DIA to talk about. Well, no, 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 let's we call first dibs on being able to, interview you as soon as you do it you bet as soon as it's as soon as it's accepted for publication i i can I, i'll be able to talk about it but i do want to make sure that i get it down because i'm pretty I believe sure I have. he invited like the invented the time machine from uh back to the future <laughs> or at least the hoverboard we're just keeping him around because we want to just ride on his yacht later on down the road right i'm ready <laughs> so that's going to be that's going to be the big one this oh, I'm is your service and and roll out the uh, the secrets of dental implantology i'm honored to be a part of it in some little small capacity with implant compare. And, and I'm glad I met you through Shane. Uh, you know, it is great to just be in company of you guys and to, to just be affiliated with it. Now you I'm all pumped and excited about the stuff that I, I don't even understand what he was talking about fully, but I want to see what it is now. I just thought equals MC squared. I, I don't, I don't even know. That's as far saying. as I go. <laughs> and I don't even know what those letters mean. I still don't even know. <laughs> well, Dr. Rob, really appreciate you taking the time in the middle of your own course uh, to just, hang out with these two losers, 40 pissed off him. attendees waiting for <laughs> <laughs> yeah we gotta let it get back to it guys so well thank you so much dr rob for joining us it's my us. pleasure all right guys we'll catch you next time on the all in podcast thanks for listening to the all in podcast see you next time